Welcome, guys, to a brand new podcast. I'm going to be your kind of reoccurring host, Sam Thoman. We we don't really know what this podcast is going to be about, but we do know it's going to be solely focused on Maction. I'll probably have reoccur. I'll probably have new guests, new hosts. We're not really sure what this is to kind of explain more in detail. I have the creative director for Hustle Belt, uh, James. James, do you want to take away kind of explaining, summarizing what this podcast will be about? Hey there, folks. Uh, I've been really excited to get this thing off the ground. We've been looking at doing a podcast on Hustle Belt more or less since uh, Al and I have kind of taken over back in 2016. Uh, We didn't quite have the resources to be able to do it for a long time, but now we've got a lot of support from SB Nation to be able to do it. And we're moving forward with it. Uh, what we're looking at right now, Sam, is, uh, Sam, who was so gracious to introduce me, is kind of going to be a host or a co-host of a future podcast. And, you know, once we get the paperwork signed with SB Nation, they will be available on all the streaming platforms. And we are also going to bring on another host. His name is Zach. Uh, I'm trying to remember his last name at the moment. Zach Follett or something like that. Uh, He might do his own podcast. He might jump on to here. Regardless, the main purpose of this episode is to kind of introduce you to uh, the energy that we're going to be looking for when it comes to this podcast venture. Uh, You know, every landing page has an episode zero, more or less, if you've been in the podcast game as, you know, as long as many folks have here. So with uh, further ado, we're going to give it over to, you know, give it back over to Sam and see where it goes from here. Yeah, thank you, James. And I think I think you can destri- describe me in a couple words, just like a ball of energy. I'm going to bring a bunch of kind of intense, kind of extroverted energy into this podcast. I don't know much about Zach. I haven't had much conversation with him, so I don't know how his style is, but I know I'm going to make this not only an entertaining podcast that I hope you guys enjoy listening to, but hopefully you'll learn a little bit about not only me, about Maction. Just I hope you you guys kind of not only are entertained, but also informed at the same time. Because oh, yeah, I've seen you guys in Slack. You've made pretty fast friends. So I'm really excited to see uh, the direction of where this is going. Yeah, and I, I think um, you guys probably haven't heard me, but I run several other podcasts. I bring the same energy there. I do a bunch of things on the side. I'm just I'm just a person who brings a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm, and a lot of ideas to the table. That's how I probably would describe myself. James, is there anything else you want to bring to the you want to add? I think it I think it would be about time to kind of give the listeners a taste of what we're looking for. I'll be standing in as the co-host for this, you know, quote unquote episode zero to kind of give you folks an idea of where we're going yeah so on this kind of episode we're going to do a short episode for you guys and i thought it'd be cool because if you guys don't know i'm also a contributor for hustle belt so i'm also writing articles and one of the articles that have yet to be published but will shortly is which mac coaches are on the hot seat and i thought it would be kind of cool to for each of us to give a coach that should be on a hot seat. It doesn't mean that they will get fired, but they should be worried about their job security moving forward. So James, I'll let you take it away. Who's your Mac football coach that 
sh- that is on the hot seat in your opinion? Well, you're probably going to hate me for this one, given that, mm-hmm. you know, you're a Ball State Cardinal through and through. But I just don't see a scenario where Mike New stays in Muncie unless he gets to a bowl game. Oh, yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you. I Like, even as a Cardinal fan, I still recognize how Mike New has kind of struggled. If you, you, you as the editor has looked at my Hot Seat articles and one of the names I have listed is Mike New. It's it's time for a new fit, in my opinion. Do you have any other, like, reasons why he's on the hot seat? Well, you know, Mike New has been a really fascinating uh, case as Ball State's head coach. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, Sam, but he mm-hmm. took over for a guy in uh, Pete Lembo, who was fairly... Who, he wasn't the best coach, but he was fairly successful at Ball State following in the wake of uh, Brady Hoke. Uh, Ball State really took a chance on New when he came in. He didn't really have a lot of head coaching experience. He was a former alumni. That, that's kind of been the trend recently when it comes to college football hires is to hire someone who knows the program, whether that's as a player or as a former coach in that program at some point. And Manu came on, he promised that, you know, he was going to get this offense going in a good direction and, you know, bring pride back to a Ball State program that had more or less been abandoned by its previous two coaches. And, you know, he's done a fairly good job in keeping things, you know, culture-wise, culture-wise, it's a very good Ball State football program. I There's nothing I can say in terms of, like, you know, players bad-mouthing the program or, like, them showing their asses you know when they're (laughs) out and about but you know the results just haven't been there and that's really too bad because mike has shown himself to be a very you know a very personable guy and he just seems to really love that job and you know ball state you know at least their administrators seem to support him you know they've talked multiple times about news job security and have simply stated that you know they like him they've think he's the right direction at the moment and you know the future will parse itself out but he's been really unlucky yeah let's face that uh i'm thinking particularly to year before last where they where the injury bug just went all over that team they somehow struggled to like a a three and nine finish i think Mm -hmm. it was where it was a miracle they had three wins at all (laughs) given what that roster looked like at the end of the year but this is a results business and mike new hasn't been to a bowl game yet they haven't had a winning record yet even with a good amount of even with the amount of talent they've had on that team mm-hmm. and you know you can re- you can recruit all you want you can you know like i said you can recruit all you want you can establish a culture all you want to but at the end of the day you have to have results and the mac west is a gauntlet i'll I'll say that right offhand as a as a guy who's covered central football for you know seven years plus, it's a gauntlet. But yeah, at some it, point okay. you have to finish higher than fourth. Yeah. And I I think you bring up some excellent points. Mike New just hasn't done. Now I've only been at Ball State for this past season. I was a freshman last year, so I've only got to see in person one season. But at the end of the day, every everything of last season was in the making of just kind of 
at least getting Muncie and the Ball State faithful a bowl eligible season. When you look at, they did finish with five wins. They were, I believe, like four and four at one point, four and five at one point. They only needed two more wins. And I'm sure you remember this, James, the Central Michigan game up at Muncie, where we just absolutely kind of, we just crumbled. We were up by double digits. I believe it was like 14 points at one point. And then we just crumbled in the second half, let you guys in it, and our our uh, bowl game's hopes were dashed. Yeah, that 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 game, I Sam, I hate to say it, but I love that game so mm-hmm. much. Uh, I talked about, I'm pretty sure I talked about it in the like end of year content that we did out of that season. But that Ball State season was really where a lot of things turned around for Central. Uh, Central particularly needed that game in order to stay alive in the Mac West championship running with Western Michigan at the time. And yeah, they just showed a lot of heart, grit, determination, insert, you know, cliche here in that game. And, you know, that, that game really does speak to kind of the tenure of Mike new. Yeah. And another thing, Mike New had the talent to do it on both the offense and defensive side of the ball. Last year, they led the MAC in points per game. They, I believe, they had like thirty-seven points per game. So it's not like they didn't have the production to do it. They, they led the, I believe it was, they led the league. They also led the MAC in interceptions. So not only were they getting on done on the offensive side of the ball scoring, they also formed a lot of turnovers. So I don't see how you can use both of those combinations and kind of not get more than five wins when you're a fourth year head coach, we've given you time and yet the athletic director still gave Mike new an extension. Right. And I, I think that, I think that speaks more or less to game management than it does mm-hmm. anything else, because like clearly the numbers are telling you this team is really good. Mm-hmm. You know, if if they're first place in scoring average, they're first place in turnovers forced and havoc rate. But like I said before, Mac West is a gauntlet. Like you have to absolutely be a good game manager in order to survive in you know the Mac West. And Mike New so far just doesn't seem to understand that. You know, I, I look at him like I look at. Chris Creighton out of Eastern. Now, Chris Creighton has that job as long as he wants it because he's brought Eastern Michigan from a doormat to a legitimate Mackey's contender year in, year out. But Creighton also has the problem of not understanding like game management logic. And that's kind of the that's kind of the razor thin line that has that new has more or less been writing. Like yeah. the coaches have been teaching the players everything right. The players have obviously taken to that coaching and have produced on the field. But at some point, you have to look at what's going wrong. And that Central mm-hmm. Michigan game that we talked about is a great indication of something that went wrong. Yep. That's yeah. on coaching. Just the way that the, con- the, especially in the second half, how conservatively Ball State played. Ball State at that point played like a team that was scared to lose, despite mm-hmm. being up by, I think, 14 or 17 points at one point in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. You absolutely have to have the confidence in your team to be able to perform at that type. And one of the ways you can show that you have confidence in that team is to let them play with freedom, 
and yep. knew had a problem with knew showed that he wasn't trusting of them to have that freedom and i think that's where that hot seat potential comes in is mm -hmm. you've recruited extremely well for being ball state you have shown the results stats wise but you have been incredibly unlucky when it comes to the games and at some point it stops becoming luck and it starts becoming process and that's mm -hmm. on the head coach fair or not yeah and it, you make several good points there. Like, it's on Mike New. After four seasons, I expect something to get done. He was a uh, – he's had experience. He was, before he joined uh, Ball State, he was the uh, quarterback's coach at New Orleans States. So he's made it to the next level, maybe not as a head coach, but he has that coaching experience to tell him when to kind of be aggressive, when to play more casually. And in that game, considering you have a, a running back who – Rush for over 1,200 yards last season. You have a quarterback who led you to the most points per game, and you have the league high in interceptions. I'd say you'd be a bit more aggressive. You can't win games by playing kind of, kind of scared ball. That's not how winners win. That's not how great programs become great programs. And the and credit to Central Michigan, they they put their foot on the gas pedal and they came out with the victory. Yeah, I was just about to bring back uh, Central as the example on that. And, and, you know, that is my area of expertise. So pardon me for, you know, coming back to it so many times. But, like, that's the difference between a Mike New and a Jim McElwain. Mm -hmm. McElwain is a master tactician of X and O's. He might not have the most talent out on the field at any given time, but he has shown time and time again that he has more or less an understanding of the game's tempo. And one of the ways that you do that is as a play caller. McElwain realized that Mike New was playing scared and, you know, kind of pushed, 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 pushed around with various concepts until he found something that worked and yeah. New didn't adjust. And that was the yeah. difference in that game. And and you can see why Jim McElwain is kind of has a safe spot. He's been, he's had that experience to tell him he's, that's why in my opinion, he's going to have a job for the next few years. If he doesn't end up leaving for another power five conference, if he keeps winning, keeps winning, keeps winning, I'm sure another program will want him back. But as you mentioned previously, I know you're going to not like me for this, James. I actually have Chris Creighton on the hot seat and I'm going to give you a couple reasons why. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, you do you do have the excellent point that Chris Creighton turned that program around. One to two wins to seven wins. Don't get me wrong. Impressive. But what he has done in that time frame since is not that good. 2017, five wins. 2018, seven wins. 2019, six wins. If you are a great coach, you have six seasons in, and that's what you have to show for it. Seven wins as your highest. And even in the Mac West, he's been 2016, fourth in the Mac West, 2017, fifth in the Mac West, 2018, second place, which is respectable, but then 2019, finishing dead last in Mac West. Now, I know you're a big fan of Chris Creighton, but how, after after turning around that program, how can you not elevate that program to the next level? Uh, I'll put it simply, money. Eastern Michigan doesn't have money. So you can't fire Chris Creighton at this point, especially with the contract extension you've given him. It'll be really hard to recruit some sort of coaching talent to come to Eastern Michigan, especially when 18 miles away, 
you've got Ann Arbor and one of the most recognizable college football teams and or like athletic teams in the world in the University of Michigan. So that's one reason that Mm -hmm. I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. The other reason is that he's accumulated so much goodwill at this point that it'll be that it would really be a riot if they were to fire him. Uh, you know, I've I've joked before about build Chris Creighton that statue, but really he is kind of a person that you can look at and say, yeah, I could see them building a statue of Chris Creighton, you know, out there by Reinerson Field, because that's the kind of impact that he's had on that program. You have to remember the circumstances he came in at. Well, actually, you would have been really young when he came mm-hmm. in, but he came in for Ron English who left that program not only in in tatters, like it was a really bad program where like six wins was a triumph, but he left in scandal out there, like call, you know, calling players derogatory names and just generally being really hostile with administrators and, you know, things of that nature. And, you know, there had also been like the murder of a really good player on campus, like a year or two before Creighton had arrived over there. It was a very difficult situation for Creighton to step into out there. And he has completely turned that culture around. And not only has like he completely turned that culture around, but in the process of being able to do that and being able to get Eastern to, I think it's three straight bowl games now or something like that. I think it's two because he had five wins. Well, no, he's been to three, two straight. He's been to two straight. Okay. Three total, two straight. Yeah, three total, two straight. Thank you for clearing that up. That's monumental because that brought a lot of money into the program. And like right now, they're building up their performance centers, and that's going to be able to get recruits down there. And if you get recruits down there, you're going to get a better football program down there, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So. It's just it's just like we talked about with Mike New. You know, these razor-thin margins. Creighton passes that razor-thin margin because of the expectations of that program as it sits right now. Now, if he doesn't bring results in two or three years, we can have a conversation then, assuming that he isn't, like, poached by some other program. Mm-hmm. But... Like, he has done so much for that program, both on the field and off of it. Because, you know, this is a program that even three years ago, people were, you know, protesting in the streets of Ypsilanti to, like, drop down to FCS. He's really saved football, you know, at Eastern Michigan. So I don't think there's a hot seat on him, no matter what angle you approach it from. And I think you bring up a lot of great points. Like, I give him his credit for turning that program around, as you mentioned, almost going down to FCS and FBS. But there comes a time, and I know it's really hard to find new coaches for any Mac school and turn a Mac school around because we don't necessarily have the biggest budget. We don't necessarily have the biggest names coming to here. Like, that's why I think Mike New, as we mentioned before, hasn't been really fired because – there's no one really willing to say, hey, I want to be a Mac coach. There's not too many people wanting to come to Muncie. And I think that's another big problem with, yes, Chris Creighton has that resume going, turning that program around. 
But when you look at even recruiting, he a 29th. Uh, these are all according to 24-7 sports. 10th in the MAC, 2020, 7th in the MAC, 2021, 11th in the MAC. So even when you look at the future of the program, if you're talking about bringing in bigger recruits, as you mentioned, the recruiting doesn't show it compared to the rest of the MAC schools. It doesn't show that they're getting better. I remember researching this article. There's like uh, second, third year head coaches that are getting top five in MAC, and these kind of established coaches like Chris Creighton, like a Mike New, are just kind of getting bottom tier, going for the bottom tier MAC recruiting classes. Oh, sorry. I was taking a drink of water there. You're all good. But, uh, but yeah, you know, sometimes coaches kind of go for the prospects that, you know, might not get stars. Uh, one major example of a Creighton recruit that made it big was Max Crosby. He wasn't ranked coming out. He was I, he either wasn't ranked or was a two star. I can't remember off the top of my head. Coming out of Texas, had one offer, and it was Eastern Michigan. And that you know that speaks to Creighton's ability to be able to find great talent with restrictions on you know the financial side of it. And you know that that is part of why some programs simply can't recruit as well as others is an amount of budget. Now, I don't know what Ball State's budget is, but like Ball State should be in a better position than they are. They have a relatively good pedigree as far as being a football program. I mean, we're talking about, you know, 10 years ago, nine years ago, or well, 10 years ago, 11 years ago by now. God, I'm old. <laughs> you know, where they were a BCS, a potential BCS darling in the heyday of the Mac, you know, throwing haymakers with NIU and Central Michigan and, you know, Toledo, you know, back when all those programs were like right at the top, you know, competing with some of the bigger names in college football for glory. So like this isn't like Ball State isn't necessarily a program that is a doormat. Eastern Michigan, on the other hand, was a doormat. So you have to you have to look at both of those programs through that respective lens of, you know, simply what are the expectations? And, you know, six wins, you know, five wins, six wins is fine at Eastern. Five wins, six wins should get you fired in Ball State. And I think that's the difference between those two. Okay. I, I get where you're coming from, but to me, like this again, like they're not they're Chris Creighton's probably going to be fine. I'm not saying that he will be fired by any means. I'm sure, like, as you mentioned, they'll probably erect a statue in Chris Creighton. But just to my point of view from watching, like, bigger programs, I just think after a certain amount of time, I expect more from a coach like a new, like a Chris Creighton. And sure, he may stick around for three, four, five, six seasons. But in my mind, I just don't see Chris Creighton as a kind of, to a person to take a program to the next level. Yeah, he's done a great job getting those five, six, seven wins, but I want to see that team get eight, nine wins to be legitimate contenders every year. Uh, yeah, I, I get that. But, you know, part of that is also simply the issue of being in the Mac West. Uh, you know, if Eastern is in the Mac East, yeah, they're probably going to get seven, eight, nine wins. But the truth of the matter is, is that most of the talent in the Macs out in the West, like, you know, Toledo is 
far and away probably the best recruiter in the MAC, and they're in the MAC West. Central and Western are more established programs in uh, in Michigan, and they're going to get better in-state recruits from the state of Michigan. So, yeah, and then and not only that, but even like you know NIU, NIU is a great recruiter, and they have such a brand by now with you know how successful they've been you know both in the MAC and in the BCS that that really does a lot for them there so you know you're looking at a top three in the MAC West that could conceivably all get seven wins apiece and that doesn't leave a lot for you know the LA three in that division it, it's it's tough I realize I know I realize the point you're trying to make there you know where Eastern should be doing better but like the reality of it is is that for all the work the Eastern has done, they still have a lot of work to go if they ever hope to, you know, break out of, you know, that kind of middle class of the Mac. And like the way to the way to do that, I think, is with consistency. And, you know, you know, if Creighton leaves out of, of his own affair, that's, you know, that's one thing. But like to let go of Creighton, like right when he's got this really good thing going, I don't think it'd be a great direction. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be tough. Again, we're, we're two people who aren't in that kind of decision-making where, yeah, we're going to let someone go and have to rebuild a program. So I think that's one thing to take into consideration when looking at new at Chris Creighton, when you look at other programs in the MAC that, yeah, sure, you may want to get rid of a guy, but as well, we're, we don't have to be involved to make that decision to completely scrap this kind of tenure and just move on to the next one yeah now if we want to talk about you know coaches that we feel like are underperforming with the expectations and i guess this is someone i would consider to be on the hot seat look at tim buster what would you say sorry i say if you want to look at like other people i consider to be on the hot seat you know talk about like underperforming with you know kind of the things that they have out there Tim Lester has been a hell of an underperformer in my estimation. That's not just me talking from, you know, a central fan perspective or somebody who really enjoys central football. I'm looking at that strictly from a, what have you been given? What are your expectations? What have you done? Mm -hmm. Tim Lester is the highest paid coach in the Mac. Yep. And he has had one, five and seven seasons and two, six and six seasons despite being one of the best recruiters in the Mid-American Conference. And to me, if I'm a Western fan or I'm a Western administrator, I'm looking at that and I'm saying that's unacceptable. Especially yeah. given who he replaced. But yeah, but again, that brings up, he had to replace the shoes of P.J. Fleck. He, he's, uh, I'm sure all of you guys know who P.J. Fleck is. He went from Mich Western Michigan to Minnesota and is doing great things there. So when you put him in a position to, you have to fill pretty big shoes. He's he's brought Western Michigan three straight seasons of uh, .500 or better. And yes, he hasn't won a bowl game, but he still has an above 500 record. His recruiting his recruiting classes are solid. This year, in 2020, he landed the third ranked recruiting class in the MAC, and then 2021, so far it's ranked fifth. So not only is he pro producing those wins, producing the results like the Chris Creighton but also providing a foundation for the future, bringing in higher recruits, bringing in those big name guys. Well, sure. But, you know, look at it this way. Uh, Jim McElwain is making, 
think around six hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars a year as coach over at Central, and he's and he already turned that program around from a one win team to an eight win team, won the MAC West division, and you know was runner up for the MAC. That's in one year mm-hmm. that he did that. Tim Lester has had three years with teams that were filled with Fleck recruits and hasn't had anywhere close to that amount of success. And he's making $1 million a year. So like, that's kind of what I'm looking at there is why am I as Western Michigan paying Tim Lester this amount of money when my main rival is doing the same thing and paying $400,000 less. I that that's that's just on the eighties far right there. You he he clearly or he or she I don't know. Kathy uh, Beauregard. So she so she clearly overpaid for Tim Lester. But I mean, okay, so say so say you get rid of Tim Lester. Who's in the market to who who in your mind would be a candidate to replace him? Because with all these coaches we're putting on the hot seat, we got to find someone to replace him. Who who would you say? could potentially pl- replace Tim Lester because I mean, I don't think he's done that bad of a job to yes. He's not worth a million dollars, but at the same time, he hasn't done that bad of a job so far in my eyes. Well, uh, there was, there was a while there where uh, when Fleck was for when Fleck first left that uh, Western Michigan was linked with uh, Tyrone Wheatley there he he was kind of a sneaky dark horse favorite and he wasn't hired because he didn't have a lot of head coaching experience but now he's down at the hbcu level with morgan state and he's slowly been working on a rebuild there i could definitely see an instance where uh western would kind of reconsider their opinion on wheatley because like the wheatley name is really big in Michigan, and that can help out on the recruiting trail. Wheatley is a former pro. That'll really help out, you know, on the recruiting trail. That's and, one possibility. I have to admit, you know, that's, you know, that's the one name I can pull out of the top of my head mm-hmm. at the moment because I haven't really done a lot of research on coaching candidates otherwise. But yeah, there's names out there if, you know, if Western looks hard enough. Yeah. I, I think Lester will stay around for, you know, two more years at least just to kind of see if his recruits are working mm-hmm. but if he's continuing to produce at a six wins seven win level and not compete for the mac west they're gonna have no choice but to move on yeah and and i think we're kind of looking at like tim lester or you're looking at tim lester the same way i'm looking at chris creighton and like obviously the scenarios are completely different, how they came about, who they replaced, the circumstances and whatnot. But you're looking at this, uh, his six and six and seven, five record. Um, and the same way I'm looking at Chris Creighton basically. And I think, yeah, I'd like, I, I think, I think we're looking at two different people the same way with, um, I, I forget the point I was trying to make, but I think Tim Lester has done enough of a job Maybe not to earn a million dollars, but to keep his job for at least the next couple of years. I put Tim Lester under the lukewarm seats, so he's not all the way there, but he has some kind of future years um, as the Broncos head coach. And then I think that's going to 
wrap it up for this episode. James, do you have any final thoughts, any final things you want to throw out there? Well, of course, I want to go out and promote everything that we're doing over at Hustle Bell. I'm sure if you find this link, you're more or less already a reader, but I'll throw the website up anyway. Uh, www.hustlebelt.com, H-U-S-T-L-E-B-E-L-T.com. We do also have Twitter, you know, same thing, at Hustle Belt, H-U-S-T-L-E-B-E-L-T. Find us on Facebook as well, at Hustle Belt. We do, we are, blah, 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 blah. We are in the process of rekindling our Twitch page as well. And that is where you're going to be able to go primarily to find more information on Mac Esports. If you haven't been paying attention, the Mid-American Conference partner schools have created their own kind of independent conference called the Esports Collegiate to compete with other national teams in the future, that means all 12 schools are going to have varsity programs. It used to be that like a handful of schools had programs, and now all of them do. It's got the full backing of the Mid-American Conference, and I'm really excited to see the direction that that's going to go. Our, we've brought on a recent new hiree to be in charge of that named Ethan Dallin, who is going to be our main point guy on that. So just be sure, if you're really interested in that kind of stuff, to follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash hustlebelt, all one word, all lowercase, as far as I can remember, for future co- coverage on that. As for this podcast, we are, like I said, going to be looking at getting onto the SB Nation network. And should that all go through, we'll be available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, I think, wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts. And I'm Very excited to see the direction of where all of this will go. I'm sure Sam will be a very gracious host. And I will be happy to come back on as a guest. We're going to work on getting interviews with, you know, anybody that we can think of talking to at a particular moment. And I ask you folks, you know, for the future, because I realize this is episode zero. We've already gone 35 minutes at this point to, to be patient with us as we kind of figure out the ebb and the flow of how the podcast will be going, you know, in the future, this is going to be something that is very much in development as you go throughout the season. And with the understanding of everything that the coronavirus pandemic has done to the world of sport. So like I said, work in progress. We're happy to have you along with the ride. And always, always feel free to leave comments and suggestions for us. We are a organization that loves to listen. Yeah. And just a quick thing to add. Yeah, I, I'm honestly just excited to host another podcast. This is why I love doing it. I love just spewing my words and information from my brain into the mic uh, and the several podcasts I do. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys like me having a host. As he mentioned, leave feedback. Uh, on on twitter send me anything any suggestions on twitter i'm at sam underscore thelman so if you have any suggestions on how to tweak the podcast any kind of uh things you want me to talk about in the next episode be sure to do that but yeah i think that's going to wrap it up Uh, i hope i i get to talk to you guys soon and yeah i think that's going to wrap it up have a have a great rest of your day